This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Folks, we're going to come out hot today. I've got the most important national security story of our time. We are being poisoned to death by China. Now, I don't mean that in a figurative sense. We are actually being poisoned to death by China. I've got the most important political story of our time. There's a great realignment happening and the most important economic story. You are now getting poorer by the day, worse than you were during the Great Recession. I did not say that wrong. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. I've got that. Also, my name has come up again in a brewing, semi-viral kind of story. I'm going to explain to you what happens. Good story and a bad one, but I kind of owe you an explanation. I didn't talk about it yesterday. Uh, I was just waiting to see how it all materialized. So I got that for you today. I've got news for the turkey hunters in our audience. Spring's around the corner. And if you're gearing up for a successful season, you're going to need a couple of things. One of those things is the single-shot turkey camo 12-gauge shotgun made by Henry Repeating Arms. Let's say you're out in the field and you've managed to call a turkey in a range, and now it's time to make your shot count. And you can do that with a Henry shotgun because they're reliable and accurate right out of the box, especially with the turkey choke tube that's included. And if the fully adjustable... Fiber optic sights aren't enough. It's easy to mount a red dot since it's already drilled and tapped. Henry's shotguns, rifles, and revolvers are made in America with the quality craftsmanship that Henry's are famous for. And you'll get a lifetime warranty and a 100% satisfaction guarantee that protects your purchase for generations to come. Make sure you go to their website. It's henryusa.com and order their free catalog. They'll mail it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and free decals. You're going to love these firearms, and you're going to love this company. All right, Joseph, let's go. The doctor is in. He is in. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of doctors are going to have to be in soon because we're looking at a major national security crisis that crosses over into a public health crisis, too. Folks, we are being poisoned to death. This is the most important, I would argue, national security slash law enforcement story of our time. We are being poisoned to death. I'm going to cover it. This story is so important. I'm going to cover it again with a a former DEA agent on my Fox show Saturday night at 9 on Filter, and I encourage you to watch it. I'm going to take this from an international angle, and we're going to take it from a drug angle and a law enforcement angle, too. The Chinese Communist Party, again, I'm not speaking in figurative terms, is poisoning our country. We are losing hundreds of thousands of people year over the year to fentanyl poisoning. And this is not by accident. It's not by accident. If you read my newsletter, you'll see this story in there, the Washington Examiner. I read it this morning and I thought to myself as a parent, well, I mean, what, what do we need? I, I think there's a couple, I don't want to get ahead of myself. There's a couple reasons a lot of people in the media are not covering this the way they should. I'll explain that in a second. But Anna Giratelli has an article up. Is America's immigration crisis causing the fentanyl epidemic? Now you get it? The media people on the left don't want to highlight this story like they should because it'll highlight the open borders where a lot of the fentanyl is coming in, which will do what? 
which will hurt liberalism. Well, people are dying. They don't give a damn people are dying, period. They don't care. Do you understand they don't care? Casualties of political warfare for them. Giratelli notes in this piece that an investigation they did found that Chinese labs in Wuhan. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Time out. T.O. baby. Am I reading this right? Guys, can you try double a Chinese? Uh, a Washington Examiner investigation found that Chinese labs in Wuhan. Yeah, you're correct. Oh, oh. Chinese labs in Wuhan produce the main ingredients for fentanyl. They then send it to Mexico, where it's crafted into the final product and moved into the United States. It's often added to other drugs, unbeknownst to users. The profits are laundered out of the U.S. through China, then forwarded to the Mexican cartels. Um, so we have a what proved to be deadly in many cases virus that is strongly suspected to have emerged from a lab in Wuhan. Whether it was deliberate or not, we don't know. Be really helpful if the WHO and other international public health authorities put some pressure on China to find out. But it seems like nobody wants to know the answer to that. We now know, according to this investigation, that the same region in China, Wuhan, is also pumping out fentanyl, fentanyl, a poison that is killing thousands of people in the United States, hundreds of thousands, year over year. And it's all emerging from Wuhan. You think this is an accident? You think the Chinese Communist Party, in their zeal and effort to overturn the Western-led world order, doesn't know what they're doing? You think this is a big mistake that a top-down authoritarian regime where the Chinese Communist Party Zions run, uh, Zions run everything? You think this is a mistake and just happening under their nose and they don't know? I'm going to cover this on the show this weekend, too, on Fox, how they must be laughing at us. The stupidity here of an open border allowing this to happen, the poisoning and the death of our kids. Now, folks, listen, like many of you as parents out there, I'm having a hard time getting my arms around the depths of this problem. I'm being candid with you. When I was a police officer, fentanyl was not a huge deal. Crack was a big deal. Cocaine had kind of ebbed a little bit. So obviously a lot of weed. I mean, when you're talking about drugs that were illegal, some illegal now, they weren't when I was a police officer. That was the big problem. Even meth wasn't as bad as it is now. I don't know. I don't have the detailed inside law enforcement officer knowledge I did about other drugs. Like I, I should about fentanyl. So I've been reaching out to people, including a DEA friend who's coming on the show this weekend. What is this thing? Does it smell different? Does it look different? How do you know? How is it getting into these pills? Why are these drug dealers doing this? Some of the answers are going to surprise you. Some of the deaths caused by this fentanyl are intentional because the drug dealers know that if they kill someone with their stock of fentanyl, that other users who are looking for a super mega high or whatever and are willing to take the chance will go back to that dealer because they know their stuff is strong enough to kill other people. Do you get that? You get what I'm saying? This is not an accident. Oh, my gosh. The drug dealers, they're accidentally overdosing people on fentanyl. It's not an accident. They're doing this on purpose, being fed by the Chinese Communist Party. They're killing people on purpose. It is a feature. It is not a bug for them. 
They want this. It sends a signal to heavy users who need big doses. Oh my gosh, that killed the normal guy. The Chinese Communist Party, ladies and gentlemen, has to be laughing at us right now that we are allowing this to happen. I assure you, if we were shipping fentanyl into China across an open border, killing hundreds of thousands of Chinese citizens every year, the Chinese Communist Party would have people in gulags. It's not an expression of admiration for these murderous thugs. It's an expression of the laughter they must be sending our way because a constitutional republic we respect freedom can't even manage to secure its own darn borders. Morgan Ortegas was on Outnumbered this week. She was a candidate for Congress. She was a State Department spokesperson. Uh, I know Morgan from Fox. Morgan brought up another interesting angle. Again, the CCP in China has to be laughing at us like Bozo the freaking clown. They've got all our kids hooked on TikTok, spending all day scrolling through 10-second videos, dumbing them down, making them morons. Hey, go out and play wiffle ball. Go out and play softball. Go out and kick the soccer ball around. Go out and play hide-and-seek with your friends. Go out and play war with your friends. Play whatever. Play Barbie doll with your friends. Nope. Sit on TikTok all day with these addictive videos. We're going to take us makes an interesting connection here about that. Fentanyl, the national security crisis, the deliberate poisoning of our youth. I don't talk about this much. I need to talk about it more. I want you to listen to this, though. Check this out. We know exactly the ingredients uh, to make fentanyl come from China. The Chinese Communist Party knows it's there. It goes to Mexico, where the drug cartels make it, and then they smuggle it over the border. So this administration could have a much heavier hand uh, on China, where the ingredients emanate. They could have clearly have a much heavier hand at the border. And I would remind parents uh, who are who their kids are on TikTok. Beyond the fact that you could get caught up with drug dealers on TikTok, there is Chinese Communist Party spyware in TikTok that is infiltrating your children's phone and social media accounts, and you should delete the app. Folks, I I don't know because I'm not a member, thankfully, of the murderous Chinese Communist Party. I don't know the extent of how bad the technology intervention is here in TikTok. Uh, I can assume the worst. They've got to be laughing at us, folks. I'll say lastly, and I, I started with this topic today because I'm a dad and there's a number of reasons. It's, um, I've been very, very concerned about this lately. Uh, I, I was listening to some, uh, I think it was on Fox yesterday, about how, was it Victor Davis Hanson? I, I don't remember, but someone was saying yesterday on Fox how we've conditioned this generation of kids to seek pharmaceuticals for what we would consider 50 years ago everyday problems. Joe, remember we all, you and I know, I mean, but we all had that kid in the class, right? The hyper kid. You remember yeah. that, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, everybody had him. Yeah, I, I can tell you today I won't because, uh, you know, he's probably he's older now. But we all remember that kid in the class. It was just the hyper kid. The teacher was always like, Bobby, Bobby, hold your hand out. They'd smack you with the ruler back in. If they do that now, you'd be sued, right? So back in the day, you were just considered the hyper kid, right? Now you're considered uh, worthy of uh, medication. You must be taking medication, right? So we've conditioned these kids to take a prescription drug for everything, everything. You get a scratch, you got to be on 62 weeks of antibiotics. You're a hyper kid with some energy, you got to take some pills. So you're making the point that the conditioning of these kids to taking the pills has, has created an opening for them to seek pharmaceutical intervention for everything. They have a little bit of stress in their life, give me a Percocet. 
They have a little bit of sleeping issue. Give me a Xanax. These are hard drugs. These are hard pharmaceuticals with severe addictive potential. You think the Chinese Communist Party doesn't know this? Pumping fentanyl in. Now these kids, oh man, give me a Percocet. Oh boy, kid takes a fentanyl, boom, dead. There's a dad on with Tucker Carlson. Again, that's where I heard it. Talking about this last night, lost his son. Folks, I, I know these sound like simple, overly simplified answers, but I feel an obligation to tell you because I do with money. You got to talk to your kids. You have to talk to your kids. And one thing that got through to me when I was younger about drugs, I will never forget, is when Len Bias died. Len Bias, one of the most incredible college basketball players we've ever seen in this country, he was going to be the next Michael Jordan. Didn't even make it to the NBA. They believe he was drafted by the Boston Celtics overdosed on cocaine, died. I heard that story. I was a kid. I was young, but you know what? I never forgot it. How do I know I'm still talking about it right now to this day? You got to talk to your kids. You got to tell them these stories. The death has to be real for them. It is not too young to start. This is the most important national security story of our time. All right. I got a lot to get to today. The most important political story of our time too. Today's a heavy show. It's Thursday, but I know it's the summer, but we got a lot to get out there. Here's a little bit of good news. Ladies and gentlemen, Josh Crashauer at Axios has a fantastic piece. Be in the newsletter. If you want to access the newsletter, go to Bongino.com slash newsletter. You can subscribe. This story is of monumental importance because it could change the trajectory of the country moving forward. Those stories are rare. They're rare. We talk about that a lot. Generational change, all this other stuff. Eh. In my 47 years on the planet, have we really had those? I'd say maybe there have been two really transformative national figures, Obama and Reagan. Obama for the worse, Reagan for the better. 47 years, two presidents, you know, this stuff doesn't happen often. Folks, I think Trump is that kind of figure. And I believe this article in Axios called The Great Realignment. This is the most important political story of our time, and it's good news for us. The Great Realignment, I discussed it yesterday, but I should have gone into a little more detail. I wanted to bring it up today about how the Democrats have mistakenly, they've moved away from their FDR, you know, uh, New Deal type agenda. Not that they aren't still interested in big, expansive government. That's their thing. It's just they focus now on being an identity politics first party. We'll get to the issue second. Used to be issues first, you know, you're a racist second. It did. Go back and just read the history of the Democrat Party up until the 60s. They always wanted socialism. Some wanted communism and big government. They certainly defended communism at the New York Times and elsewhere, right? But at least they had some issues to run on, even if they were stupid ones. That's not the case anymore. They are singularly obsessed with identity politics now because they think this demographic destiny, this idea that they're going to get this coalition of women, young voters, and minorities to vote for them forever is going to make the Republican Party disappear forever. This is not what's happening. Crash hours piece. Why this all matters and why this explains Trump derangement syndrome. Trump, who managed to recruit into the Republican Party younger voters and minorities, like no Republican in modern times. Crash hour notes, here's the big picture. The Republicans are becoming more working class and a little more multiracial, a little more, becoming a lot more. Democrats are becoming more elite and a little more white, more elite. They're the foie gras party now. This is the, 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 the uh, right now, this is the bow tie wearing foie gras cocktail party for now. He says also why it matters. Democrats hopes, listen to this, for retaining power rest on a non, on non-white voters remaining a reliable part of the party's coalition. Democrats' theory of the case collapses 
If Republicans make even incremental gains with those voters, even small inroads with Hispanic voters could tip a number of Democrat-held swing seats to the GOP. Who did this? Who did this to a greater degree than anyone? You know the answer, Donald J. Trump. It explains Trump derangement syndrome, January 6th, everything the Democrats are doing right now. Now, here are the hard numbers. This is what I should have showed you yesterday. Here's what the data says. This is, to call this data stunning, I'm not overselling it. I want you to listen to these numbers to see the damage to the demographic destiny argument where Democrats thought Hispanics were going to tilt elections for them in the future in perpetuity. I want you to listen to these numbers and try to digest how bad Trump has hurt their cause. Crash hour. Read this piece. Share it with everyone. It says what the data shows. Democrats are statistically tied with Republicans among Hispanics on the generic congressional ballot. According to a New York Times Siena College poll out this week, okay, they're tied. So what? That's because Dems held a 47-point edge with Hispanics during the 2018 midterms. 48. Joe, can you check my math? 2018. That's uh, four. Hold on. Math. Is that four years ago? Uh, can you double check that? Yeah. Yeah. Four. It is. Yeah. Okay. So me and you are kind of old. Well, yeah. uh, maybe if you're a four-year-old, four years is a long time, right? You've only been alive that long. When you're 47 and you're 48 like Joe, four, huh. 40, uh, four years ain't that long. Ain't that long. It's just not that long. So you're telling me just four years ago, Democrats held a, quote, 47-point edge that is now completely, totally evaporated? What the hell happened? Gee, I don't know. Donald Trump, maybe? I don't know. Maybe you had a guy get out there and finally take on the immigration debate in contrast to everything inside GOP swamp rats told him not to do. Remember that, Joe, back after Mitt Romney lost? Uh, yes. We got to get away from the immigration debate. Remember that? It's, uh, oh, people love illegal immigration. It's so awesome. And all the swampy Republicans who said, you run on this, you're going to lose. Donald Trump made borders the central uh, thesis of the reason why he was running. And look what happened. As it turns out, Donald Trump found out something common sense and people knew for a long time. Donald Trump said, you know, Hispanic voters along the border who work hard and came here the right way, I don't think they want their neighborhoods invaded by a bunch of people entering the country illegally. And uh, the swamp rats were like, that's a conspiracy there. They're like, that's gonna, he's going to get crushed, Donald Trump. I heard insiders in the green room and Fox tell me how bad Donald Trump was going to get crushed in the primary. And look what happened. Look what happened when you focus on public safety, the economy and borders. 47-point lead evaporated. This is the biggest political story of our time. Folks, this could lead to a demographic destiny argument that blew up in the Democrats' face that may in the future actually wind up ironically benefiting Republicans. Now, in case you doubt me, which again, you should always doubt me, fact check away, please, I beg you. Tucker Carlson show he put together, this was from a few weeks ago, he put together a little montage, starts with Stacey Abrams, you'll hear Dick Durbin, you'll even hear Joe Biden in here if you're listening on audio only, if you want to watch it, you can watch a video on Rumble. Here's a little quick one minute montage of Democrats, prominent Democrats, making this demographic destiny argument. This is their thing. Make no mistake. Just listen to their own words. You don't have to listen to me. Check this out. Blue wave is African-American. Yeah. 
it's white, it's Latino, it's Asian Pacific Islander. It is made up of those who've been told that they are not worthy of being here. It is comprised of those who are documented and undocumented. In a couple of presidential cycles, you'll be on election night you'll be announcing that we're calling the 38 electoral votes of Texas for the Democratic nominee for president. It's changing. It's going to become a purple state and then a blue state because of the demographics. The demographics of America are not on the side of the Republican Party. The new voters in this country are moving away from them. And instead, they're moving to be independents or to even vote on the other side. An unrelenting stream of immigration, nonstop non-stop folks like me who were caucasian of european descent for the first time in 2017 will be in an absolute minority in the united states of america absolute minority fewer than 50 percent of the people in america from then and on will be white european stock that's not a bad thing that's a that's a source of our strength uh is it a source of your strength Obviously not. You understand, folks, they were not quiet about this. This idea that they were going to use demographic shifts to gain political power and to foster an identity politics agenda moving forward to make Americans believe they were racist. They were very open about it. It only backfired with them when all of a sudden they started to lose the Hispanic vote and then started claiming ridiculously that Republicans were somehow responsible for some replacement theory they talk about all the time. That was Castro, Biden, Stacey Abrams, Dick Durbin. These are all prominent national figures. Openly talking about it. It is the greatest political story of our time. The fact that Democrat strategists forever relied solely on racial and immigration categories and identity politics, please, to foster a demographic destiny argument they thought would benefit them. And the argument not only blew up in their face, but is going to lead likely, ironically, due to Donald Trump, who was a border guy, to a lasting potential Republican majority. It's most, the irony is so thick, you couldn't cut it with one of those old Ginsu knives from the 80s. I mean, do you remember those commercials? Well, look at this. It cuts, a, it cuts a Coke can. Everybody remembers. You grew up in the 80s. You know what I'm talking about. Anything. You're not in the 80s. You have no idea what I'm talking about. But they were everywhere. Those were like the original infomercials. First Check out I, this. You can first thing I did was cut, cut, a, cut a pig's leg off. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Everybody cut a Meanwhile, you're like, why would you cut a Coke can? You're going to dull your knife. Exactly. Because people wanted to prove it, right? Right? All right. Let me get to my next sponsor. And I want to get to the most important economic story. What happened yesterday. There is an angle to the inflation story. Two angles that have not been widely discussed. Well, one has, the other one is just popping now. It means a lot for you. Do you know that studies show that high blood pressure is the number one risk factor for mortality and one in two adults have high blood pressure? That's a 50-50 chance you're a walking time bomb. But you, not Big Pharma, can take control of your blood pressure with the help of 120 Life. 120 Life is a blend of great tasting superfood juices and it's formulated with ingredients that have been shown to naturally help control high blood pressure and are endorsed by thousands of health professionals. Try it yourself, risk-free, with their two-week trial pack. Go to 120life.com and use the code DAN to save 15% and receive free shipping. They're so sure that 120 Life can noticeably lower your blood pressure in two weeks that they'll give you your money back if you're not satisfied. You got nothing to lose but those high blood pressure numbers. Go to 120life.com, that's 120life.com, 
and use code DAN to save 15%. This is serious. It's your life we're talking about. 120 Life can help you. These statements have not been approved by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. Okay, now the most critical, uh, most critical economic story of the year, maybe of our lifetimes right now, the inflation crisis. Why do I save our lifetimes? If, any, if, any, if you think I'm being hyperbolic, by the way, with any of this, I understand. You know, you're obviously free to have your opinion about the degree to which I'm accentuating the problem, and I completely understand that. But I don't say these things flippantly. The political story I talked about, about the realignment, is going to change politics moving forward in this country. I would not... Joe, this is a long-term flag it. We may, neither one of us may be alive when this happens, but you flag got- it anyway. 9-15, Thursday, July 14th. Now, I'm serious. Like This may be one of those things. Flag we'll it. be long dead in Joe's flag it log, right? Thank you. This, this may be sold at an archive somewhere, but I'm reasonably confident that over the next coming decades, may take 10, may take 20 years, don't laugh. That due to the political realignment article I just discussed, you're going to see the Democrat Party become the party that starts to support uh, uh, closing the southern border. I know you're laughing. Oh, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Folks, you know what the dumbest thing we ever heard in the 1980s was? Was that the Democrats were going to become the party of big business and upper crust, uh, you know, white liberals. Yet that happened. Yet that happened. People would have laughed decades ago, but the Republican Party was going to become the party of border state, Hispanic towns, largely Hispanic. Yeah, that just happened with Myra Flores. Don't laugh. Don't be surprised as Hispanics start voting more and more for Republicans if Democrats start coming out to support border control. Not now. Long term. They're all about political power. They don't care. The borders, that doesn't matter to them at all. We care about borders because we care about borders, not political control. The Democrats care about borders and open borders because of political control. That's it. Now, this is the most important economic story of our time. I kind of got off track. I'm very sorry there because inflation is taken down, not one, not two, but hundreds of empires, countries, tyrannies, monarchies, you name it. Inflation has torn countries apart from the beginning of time. Why? Because it stops you from accessing resources. If your money doesn't buy resources, you can't stay alive. You can't buy a house. You can't eat. You can't drink anything. Therefore, you die. And what's the golden rule of the show? Don't get dead. Thank you. And if it helps you get dead, don't do it. Inflation helps you get dead really quick. They're just, again, I don't have time to go through it. Maybe we should put together a list. Maybe we should put together like a quick PowerPoint for access on our side of empires that have fallen due to inflation. folks. Empires fall because your wages and your ability to access the means to stay alive, to buy food, to buy housing, completely fall apart. Your wages right now are being decimated. There's a really good social media site, The Daily Shot. They cover economic stuff. Uh, Hat tip Charles Payne for retweeting. Man, I saw them yesterday on this. I followed them. 
they put out a lot of charts on the economy. I, I'm not big on throw, showing charts on the show because a lot of our listeners are audio only, but it's very simple. I can just explain it to you quickly. Just throw that up if you wouldn't mind. This chart from the Daily Shot is horrifying. It shows two things. Your real average hourly earnings, in other words, what your money actually buys, and your real average weekly earnings. Look at it. Down, 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 down. Now, you're going to notice something in this chart. I'll describe it to you. That your weekly earnings are dropping quickly, uh, more, uh, more rapidly than your hourly earnings. How's that? Why is that? Weekly hourly earnings down three, uh, real hourly. In other words, what you can buy down 3.6%. Weekly earnings down 4.4%. How is that? How is that? Well, the Wall Street Journal sums it up today, and this problem's about to get worse because the PPI number just came out. I'll get the producer price index. I'll get to that in a second. This is called the inflation tax on workers by the Journal Editorial Board. They notice, oh, this is, this is stunning. They explain the difference. How is it that weekly earnings are dropping faster than hourly earnings? I mean, you'd think they'd kind of fall at the same rate, right? They note the greatest tragedies for American workers who are suffering the largest reduction in real wages since the 1970s. You see that? You hear that? Let that set in for a minute. Since the 1970s, you've never lost more buying power. Real average hourly earnings fell 1% in June alone and are now down 3.6% for the last 12 months. So you're making effectively 3.6% less money in the last year. Average real weekly earnings, this is the difference, fell even more, 4.4%. How is that? Well, they know it's because of a decline in the average work week. Double-barreled, family-friendly middle finger to you. Not only are you learning, uh, are earning less per hour, you're earning even less, less per week because they're cutting hours too. Because employers can't afford to pay a lot of the inflated wages necessary to keep up with inflation. That is the double-barreled, non-family-friendly right there. I would do the let's go Brandon Cowbell, but we did it twice yesterday on the radio show. Here's the worst part. In case you think, wow, this is bad. I don't think you understand how bad it really is. Why is this the most important economic story of our time? Not only because it's led to the fall of empires, but you have lost more buying power now than you did in the Great Recession. You're probably saying, no way, that can't be. Oh, yeah? Wall Street Journal. Real wages have fallen in 10 of the last 13 months, and they've now fallen more since Biden took office than they did during the recession caused by the financial crisis. From December of 2008, this is during the crisis, to a trough in real earnings in February in 2012, real average hourly earnings fell 1.8% measured in $82.84. They've fallen 4.8%. Since January of 2021, folks, that, that's astounding. That is astounding. Wages have fallen at more than twice the rate than they did during the Great Recession. Listen, I don't know how old you are in the audience. I appreciate you listening regardless of your age, especially if you're younger and you're seeking knowledge here. I'm always seeking knowledge everywhere. Younger, older, I'll take it wherever I can get it. A lot of you maybe didn't live through the Great Recession. People my age did. He's age did. I know Joe lived through it too. He's a little older than me. It was devastating, folks. It was, it was not the depression. 
but it was the depression of our time. It was horrible. Nobody could find a job. There were, there were people going back to work who had advanced degrees who were, who were working in, I'm not saying work isn't dignified, don't take it the wrong way, working in uh, fast food joints and stuff like that. Folks, it was really, really bad. You understand your wages are falling now at twice the rate they were during that? Tell me again how that's not the most important economic story of our time. Just a little bit of bad news. There's a number that just popped this morning that leads me to believe this inflation number is going to get worse or at a minimum is going to stay at this bad level for a really long time. Omaha Steaks. We love Omaha Steaks. Tony's getting a little jealous uh, because he hasn't gotten his Omaha Steaks burgers. Omaha, we got to take care of Tone. Big Tone. Hook the hook a brother up. The Omaha Steaks semi-annual sale is here. Get 50% off site-wide. Save on mouth-watering favorites today. Go to omahasteaks.com. Shop the semi-annual sale where you can load up on all the delicious flavor you, flavor you crave at half the price. And when you use my promo code Bongino at checkout, you'll get an extra $30 off your order. Say big on delicious, tender, juicy steaks, big, beefy burgers, and uh, all, all kinds of delicious food. So much more there. With Omaha Steaks, the possibilities are endless. Endless flavor, endless value. With every purchase is backed by their unconditional money-back guarantee because the food's amazing. That's why. Simply go to omahasteaks.com. Shop the semi-annual sale today. Don't forget to use the promo code Bongino at checkout and get an extra $30 off your order. Hurry, because this deal won't last long. Kickstart your spring grilling today. That's omahasteaks.com. Promo code Bongino at checkout. Minimum purchase and restrictions may apply. Visit omahasteaks.com for details. Thanks, Omaha Steaks. Okay. There's a number that came out today before I move on to my next story here. My name came up. My name was invoked again. And uh, I feel the need to give you my version of the story. I didn't say it because I wasn't given you know, permission by the person. If someone asked me not to say something, I don't say it. I'm, you know, It's kind of called like your word and stuff. Matters. Um, the producer price index popped this morning. Now, just to be clear, the two numbers you should really pay attention to are the PPI and the CPI. The CPI is the consumer price index. That's what you pay. That's what you see. You're the front face of the consumer market. You go to the food store, uh, you go to the supermarket, you go to the clothing outlet, whatever it may be, that's what you're paying. The producer price index is what the food store is paying for the food and what the clothing store is paying for the clothing. Well, why would that number matter? Because ladies and gentlemen, they're paying even more right now at a higher rate than you're paying. Meaning what? They're going to have to make up the difference. Meaning what? The prices that are going up are going to go up some more. The number that popped this morning in the PPI, 11.3%. 11.3%. Holy. The saddest thing in the world. The, oh, yeah. The saddest thing in the world I've got to pass on to you is the only way the Democrats, the Democrats, not the Republicans and good conservatives, there's a way out of this. You could cut taxes tomorrow, cut government spending, and engage on a massive cut in red tape and, and, and dramatically increase the supply in the country, which would suck up a lot of the money. The Democrats don't want to do that. The Demo Democrats think a recession is the only way out of this. You understand the recession we're going to need to crush 11.3% PPI numbers? The only way to crush that and to reduce consumer prices is to just not buy anything, which is essentially what a recession is. We're in trouble. We can fix it. I'm optimistic. I read a poll this morning. I have to get off track again, but I read a poll this morning that Fox News listeners and viewers are the most optimistic. I know why you're optimistic, because we've been here before. You, a lot of you have lived through the malaise of the 1980s. And Joe, you lived through it. I lived through it. 
We had the Reagan years after that. And folks, I've got to tell you, that decade, Reagan plus, uh, Reagan plus afterwards, George H.W. Bush wasn't that great. But the Reagan years from 84 on were phenomenal. They were phenomenal. I mean, there was so much money going around. <laughs> People were like leaving jobs for the first time. To frictional employment was the only unemployment out there, frictional unemployment. We need to get those days back again. I'm telling you they're around the corner. Don't, don't get too down. It's coming. The turnaround's coming. All right, so my name was invoked last night. Something happened with me and now Congressman Ronnie Jackson. Just a little backstory before I play the clip from Hannity last night. Ronnie Jackson is a doctor, a physician. Ronnie Jackson and I worked together in the White House over a, a two administrations. We worked together in the Bush administration in the White House and the Obama administration. He was the White House doctor. He was one of them. There are a few. Ronnie Jackson was in the Navy. I believe he was an admiral. I don't know what he was at the time I met him. I don't know if he was an admiral then. Um, but Ronnie and I are very close friends. Ronnie saved me many times overseas. I got very sick in a number of overseas countries, and the medical doctor takes care of the Secret Service, the military, and obviously the president and his staff. You don't want to go to a local hospital in Accra, Ghana. I mean, you just don't. The infrastructure is just not there. So having Ronnie Jackson and a medical team on the trip is obviously a huge benefit. Antibiotics, um, you know, sometimes you have sleep problems. It's, it's not uncommon. Ronnie was a good man. Ronnie was beloved by the Democrat and Republican administrations. Ronnie Jackson decided, as any citizen can, to run for Congress as a Republican. So when Ronnie ran, he was it, was, it was disgusting to see what happened. I'll show you the article in a minute. He was brutally attacked by what I believe, based on strong sourcing, I can't say who, was coordinated by an Obama insider to rip Ronnie Jackson to shreds. So Ronnie called me one day after he, made a, he put a tweet up about Joe Biden's uh, cognitive health. And Obama emailed him basically yelling at Ronnie Jackson. And I told Ronnie Jackson, you don't know this guy's squad. Here's Ronnie talking about it last night on Hannity. Check this out. I said, wow, does anybody remember the cognitive test that I gave at real Donald Trump? The one that he aced. Looks like somebody else needs a test. Scary. That was it. That was a pretty benign tweet overall. That's all I said. Within 20 minutes, ding, I got a scathing email from President Obama just ripping me apart, telling me, you know, that it was beneath me and the office that I'd served as a physician of the president and as a Navy, as a Navy admiral, and he was disappointed in me. And it was a, you know, it was, it, you know, he considered me a friend and it was a betrayal of him and all the people I'd worked with at the White House and, and so on and so forth. And, you know, you know, I, I was a little bit uh, kind of, uh, you know, I, it, it kind of had a, a weird effect on me, to be honest with you. And I kind of wanted to pick the phone up and call him right away, but I was late for a campaign event. So I went in and did the event first. I was going to call him when I went back out. But when I went out, I started thinking about it. And I picked the phone up and I called somebody that I knew would understand the weird situation that I was in and maybe some of the weird feelings I was having about getting that, you know, kind of a combination between a little pissed off, but also having my feelings hurt a little bit by that, you know, by that email. So I picked the phone up and I called Bongino, Dan Bongino, because Dan and I worked together. Dan was in the Secret Service when I was at the White House. He knew exactly what I'd be going through. I called Dan and, and Dan just kind of cleared it up for me. Dan said, Ronnie, you don't owe this guy a damn thing. Now, I've never shared that story because, you know, Ronnie asked me not to. So Ronnie has a book out now where he discusses that. It was uh, I, that email I've known about for a long time. This happened a long time ago, just so you know. I was living in my, a different house in a different neighborhood. <laughs> the house Joe was at. Um, I, I don't live there anymore. So this happened a long time ago. I was, that's exactly what I told Ronnie. 
The problem I had with this, with, with uh, Obama sending Ronnie this nasty gram saying that, you know, Ronnie's not allowed to comment on Biden's uh, cognitive fitness. And I get it. I get why Obama would say that. I don't pretend again that I'm, I'm not going to be like a lefty. I, I try to understand both sides. But I meant what I said to Ronnie. You don't know Obama anything. Why? Because, you know, Obama does this a lot. I'm going to share kind of my personal feelings from my time in the White House. He does this a lot. He is a, um, he's a very arrogant, cocky guy. I know that's not breaking news. But when you see it up close and personal, it's different. Uh, it's just different. You, you see it. He's a very arrogant guy. He really believes he's, he, he's like, he, he's breathing in his own vapors, if you know what I mean. And Obama really believes on the moral totem pole that he's at the top and you all are like subhumans compared to him. Ronnie's a better man than Barack Obama was. He helped a lot of people in the White House. And when Ronnie was nominated, here's the other part of the story I didn't say before, he was nominated to run the VA by Donald Trump. I have inside information that Obama's, there was a point man on the inside who was told to destroy Ronnie Jackson, even though Ronnie Jackson done nothing wrong. And you know what Obama did to help Ronnie Jackson? Nothing. Nothing. He knew about it, I believe, Obama. I believe that, based on some sources. And he let it happen. Here's some of the attacks. Newsweek, Ronnie Jackson, known as the Candyman, this is from 2018 when it went down, would allegedly go through the plane giving drugs to passengers, Democrat says. Folks, I work with Ronnie Jackson, again, for five years in the White House. I'm telling you, with everything I have, with every shred of candor and honesty I can muster for you here, please believe me on this. That story is 100% made up. Ronnie Jackson was the White House doc. Ronnie Jackson wasn't sitting there like the candy man you take a Percocet, you take crack, you take it. That's not what was happening. People get sick overseas. You, you know, maybe you'd get a Zofran. People had a hard time sleeping. Gee, why would they have a hard time sleeping, Joe? Well, you woke up this morning in uh, Washington, D.C. Now you're in Australia with a, what, 11-hour, 12-hour time difference? <laughs> yeah, maybe cause a little bit of sleeping problems, just saying. The candy man? Yeah, I got this infection. I got exposed to some dirty water while walking through and advancing a creek area in Panama. Uh, Ronnie, no, no, I'm not going to give you, let it just cut it off. Maybe he gave you some antibiotics. The candy man. I've never heard of that in my life. Someone made that up. Ronnie doesn't owe him anything. Screw Obama. Should have stood up and done the right thing. Guy had the opportunity and he didn't do it. It's pathetic. All right, you know what? Let me get to my uh, last sponsor. I want to get to a video. I want to clear up something too. That rape story that Biden was throwing out there, that horror, that just horrific story about a 10-year-old who got who was raped. Now it makes sense why they were hiding a lot of the details. A lot of that's come out. And um, I warned you about something too I want to get to. And maybe we'll get to the Elon thing too. It's been a big show today. Sorry, a lot to talk about. Big show today. You ever wondered what happened to the legendary Chuck Norris, the action star, world champion, black belt, and U.S. veteran? Well, I saw a video he made. I was shocked. He's in his 80s. He's still kicking butt, working out. He looks amazing. He stays active. I mean, a guy looks like he's in his 40s. 
What's even more shocking is he's stronger, can work out longer, and he has plenty of energy left over, keeping him sharp and focused. Chuck Norris is able to do all this because he made a simple change. It makes him and his family feel great. He made a special short video, explains everything easily to you. Make sure you check it out today by going to chuckdefense.com slash Bongino. could change the way you think about health. That's chuckdefense.com slash Bongino or text Bongino to 511-511. You won't believe how simple it is. Be prepared to be amazed. The guy seriously looks incredible. That's chuckdefense.com slash Bongino or text Bongino to 511-511. Message and data rate supply. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. The product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Here's a hint that involves this stuff. It's really good. Okay, just quickly, because there's a lot of corrections necessarily unnecessary. Apparently, there is a story. I wish there weren't. I really wish this wasn't. I mean, obviously, a story. But there was some speculation out there. I speculated myself, too, about the authenticity and veracity of the story because so few details were left out. It was a story about a 10-year-old being raped in Ohio, but the details were withheld. Here's what I mean. Here was Biden talking about it the other day, and now it's all making sense why they left details out of it while trying to politicize this story to get their pro-abortion agenda moving forward. Check this out. Some of the states don't allow for exceptions for rape or incest. This isn't some imagined horror. It's already happening. Just last week, it was reported that a 10-year-old girl was a rape victim of high. 10 years old. And she was forced to have to travel out of the state to Indiana to seek to terminate the presidency and maybe save her life. That's last part is my judgment. Ten years old. Ten years old. Raped, six weeks pregnant, already traumatized, was forced to travel to another state. Imagine being that little girl. Just I'm I'm serious. Just imagine being that little girl. Ten years old. Does anyone believe that it's Ohio's majority view that that should not be able to be dealt with? Or in any other state in the nation? I mean, do we, uh, obviously, a, an unspeakable human tragedy. Ten years old. But did you notice the details were left out? Which led a lot of people trying to do actual accurate reporting to say, well, that's the kind of thing we'd want to know about if that happened. Why haven't any law enforcement details emerged? Well, now we know why the details were not expressed by Joe Biden and the Democrats, as again, they tried to use this horrible story to politicize it to advance a pro-abortion agenda. Post-millennial did the work for him, breaking. Illegal immigrant arrested for raping 10-year-old girl in Ohio. Now you know why. Joe, what do we say all the time during the show? It's all about what? The narrative. Yep. The narrative, the narrative. So the story worked for you, for your pro-abortion agenda, this horror, when you wanted to advance a pro-abortion narrative. But once you found out the details that it was an illegal immigrant, you're the open borders president, all of a sudden you kind of left that out. Facts matter. You know what, uh, guys, I want to get to Elon. So can we move to the Gazprom story? This is important. I had warned you about this the other day, that uh, Gazprom uh, tweet. Do you have that? Yeah, you do. Sorry. I didn't know if I sent it or not. I warned you about this the other day. You're not wasting your time here. In a very quick, brief nutshell, 
Germany gets its gas and a lot of uh, Western Europe gets its gas through pipelines from Russia, Nord Stream 1 and soon to be potentially Nord Stream 2. Nord Stream 1 does not run under the sea. It runs over land through Ukraine and other countries, right? That's where they're getting a lot of their gas now. Now, Germany and other countries need that gas. Why, Joe? Winter's coming up and they'll freeze to death. Not (laughs) good. What's the golden rule? Don't get dead. Not having gas helps you get dead. So it's awfully convenient that the Russian company that supplies the gas, Gazprom, through the Nord Stream 1 pipeline, I said to you the other day, they shut it down for maintenance. I said, don't be surprised if an excuse pops up in the coming day. Why? Hey, we just can't open up that pipeline again. Kind of weird, right? Tweet, Gazprom. Notice the last line. That, yeah, it appears impossible to reach an objective conclusion on further developments regarding the safe operation of CS, a facility of critical importance to the Nord Stream gas pipeline. Let me tie that up for you. Yeah, we're not giving you guys gas until you cut the crap here over in Ukraine. I wish sometimes our predictions would fall flat, but uh, they don't. Don't be surprised if it doesn't open anytime soon and they use, they hold uh, Germany and others hostage. Now, Germany, uh, sadly, is, 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 is bringing a lot of this on themselves. They just decommissioned again, three more nuclear plants. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing. It is, this is like national suicide going on again. China is laughing at it. This is a note. You want to see a note? Here. I'm putting together my monologue for the Fox show Saturday. It's not a joke. This is my, here, China laughing at us. Here, you want a little preview? Woke military, weapons in Afghanistan, inflation, suicide, open borders, division CRT, oil reserves in ground, fentanyl. There you go. This is just a couple. I just wrote that this morning. That's going uh, to be part of my monologue this week. The Russians are laughing at us too. We'll hold you hostage with our gas. I got an idea. Let's decommission our nuclear plants. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. Finally, I haven't got to up you on the, uh, update you on the Twitter Elon deal. Journalists are great piece. Everybody out there, I've read a lot of pieces about this. Um, what are the kind of persistent narratives I've seen amongst people who don't have a lot of experience in business out there? Is it, man, Elon's really, now, he's screwed. Twitter's taking him to court. It's an open and shut case. He agreed to buy the company. He's not. They're going to sue him. They're going to win. They may. I mean, they may. I don't know. The judge will rule in the case. I'm not sure. But let me tell you something. A couple of points. And the journal addresses one of them in this piece. Twitter's lawsuit against Elon Musk looks like a loser. Grab my attention right away because I thought the same thing. Why? This is not so much a personal services contract. It's an, a merger and acquisition kind of a deal. But they follow similar trajectories without getting too wonky. A personal services contract would be me. I work for a company. I provide this service. I do a talk show. Another good example would be a Major League Baseball contract. It's a personal services contract. You agree to play center field for the Yankees, they pay you, right? Personal services contracts are notoriously, notoriously difficult to enforce in court. Why? Folks, judges are really reluctant to force people to do things they don't want to do. Why? The answer is obvious, and it applies to merger cases too. This is what piqued my interest. If I force you to play center field for the Yankees as a judge and you don't want to do it, Joe, you think you're going to give your best effort? Uh, Certainly not. (laughs) Of course not. Yeah, you're not going to show up for practice, show up stewed from the night before. 
maybe dog a few fly balls. Eventually, they're going to pull you out of the game. They don't want you there either. Judges are very hesitant to make a relationship work that doesn't work. That applies to M&A deals too. If Musk doesn't want to buy the company, the judge is probably not eager to make him buy the company because he may go and wreck the company. Here, the Wall Street Journal. For this reason, Delaware courts have rarely ordered specific performance in merger agreements. If Musk doesn't want to buy Twitter, it doesn't make sense for a court to make him do so. Twitter might be worse off under his ownership at this point. A fake Twitter's board is legally obligated to try to avoid. There were other potential buyers for Twitter. I don't know how the case is going to turn out, but J.B. Heaton and Todd Henderson, who wrote this piece, are smart. I've been involved in a lot of this stuff in the past, in both personal services contracts and merger talks and all of these things. So point number one, don't assume Twitter's going to smoke them in court. Judges are very hesitant to make a board to make a board accept a buyer who doesn't want to buy it and are very reluctant to make a buyer buy a company who doesn't want to buy a company and deal with a board. One more thing. Again, if you're just accepting out that Twitter's got them by the... Got Elon. No, he doesn't. They're going to have to disclose a lot of this information in court now. They've clearly been eager to avoid. How many spam bots, how many monetizable daily active users they have. You think they want to expose in court if the spam bots are worse than has been predicted that they've been telling advertisers X and Y has been happening instead? You paid for this amount of users. Really, most of them are bots. Advertisers don't want to advertise the bots. They may be looking at lawsuits there too. Don't assume he's got them like that. Twitter's got Elon. We'll see what happens there. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Uh, please check out my show, Saturday Night Questions for tomorrow, by the way. Right, right. Questions for tomorrow's podcast. If you'd like to submit them, questions for Dan, go to my locals account. I'll make that post right now. I put a questions for tomorrow's podcast and my truth account. I'll post it up there as well. Also, if you wouldn't mind setting your DVR for my show, Unfiltered, Saturday night, 9 p.m., I'd really appreciate it. I've got Hugh Ross coming on, who is a brilliant, brilliant guy. Uh, I read one of his books and people go crazy when I tell them why the universe is the way it is explaining how there has to be a God because of the way the universe was constructed. We're going to have him on to talk about those pictures from that web telescope and why it's not proof. Like the liberals say that there's no God. It's actually the opposite of him on my China monologue. I'm putting together now and this, an expert on this fentanyl crisis. It's going to be a big loaded show this week. Make sure you check it out. See you on the radio show later. Dick Morris will be a guest to talk about that article I discussed yesterday. So check that out. See you later. You just heard Dan Bongino. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening wherever you listen.